Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Glad you could join us here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we are about to have with you, O Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Speak to them in your own special way. Minister to their needs. Minister to their fears. Minister to their anxieties, O Lord God, that they may come to know you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We praise you, Heavenly Father. I give this time and this space entirely over to you, Heavenly Father. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Again, praise God. Pastor Mike, you're glad you could join us here today. Okay, I want to talk a little bit today about a, a scripture that we've all heard uh, many, many times, and that is uh, walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, walk by faith and not by sight. Today we're going to talk about, well, how, how do we actually do that? How do we walk by faith and not by sight? What does that scripture actually mean? We've all heard it before, but but how do we use it in our everyday lives? Okay, if uh, if I'm having a particularly you know troublesome time or a challenging day or week or whatever, and and I'm mentioning it to someone, and the, and the, the person says, "Well, hey, brother, you know, well, you got to walk by faith and not by sight." You know, well, what am I supposed to do with that scripture? <laughs> you know, what am I supposed what am I supposed to do if I really don't understand what that means? Okay, and that's what I want to get to today. And looking at the Word of God, we want to 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 look at um. Uh, how that, that, that scripture, walk by faith and not by sight, how does it fit into the context of other scripture, okay? Um, we, we can't just quote a scripture and throw it out there and, and expect it to really help us if we don't really understand the fullness of what that scripture might mean, okay? So starting with that, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, and now be a good time to say, if you don't have your Bible, I hit pause and go and get your Bible, piece of paper, pencil, a marker, or whatever, to mark it up as we go through these scriptures so you'll have them for future reference as Holy Spirit so guides. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 4, starting with verse number 13. We having the same spirit of faith, underline that word faith, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, we don't give up, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, while we look not at the things which are seen, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, okay, at the things that which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, okay? So right here now, he's saying here that we don't look at the things that are around us, okay? These things are temporal. The things in this physical world will eventually pass away. So what we look at, at the things that are eternal, that's where our faith is, okay? Verse number 13 said, we having the same spirit of faith, okay? So we don't look at what's around us, okay? We focus on the things which are eternal, which, which are indeed spiritual, the things that are not seen. And if we go to 2 Corinthians 5, 1, 2 Corinthians 5, 1, Okay, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 1, it says, 
For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, the earthly house is your physical body. Okay, this is your tabernacle. This is where you live. A tabernacle in scripture was, was a tent or a, you know, a housing, a, a structure that you, you are in. Okay, if, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Okay, looking away from the physical attributes, the, physical, the physicality of our physical bodies to the house which God made, which is in the heavens, okay, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so, if so, be that, uh, be that, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So while this in this tabernacle, what it's saying, while we're in these bodies, we do groan, being burdened. In other words, there, there are tribulations, okay? While we're in this physical, physical body, there are indeed tribulations. Verse number five. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of his spirit. Therefore, are we always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Please underline that. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, that we may be accepted of him. Okay. So here now there's the whole concept, which is important for us to understand as Christians is that there's a physical nature, our physical beings, and we are spirits which live in this body, okay? And if we, when we go on to be with the Lord, we are, if you will, we are absent from this body. Our spirit is no longer in this body, okay? But we are with the Lord. Our spirit is with the Lord, okay? So it's saying, that therefore, we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, while you're in the body, you're absent from the Lord, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, so while we're on this planet Earth, okay, and when we're, we're not with the Lord, okay, if when you pass away, when it's time for you to go, when the Lord comes, calls you home, you will spiritually be gone with Him. Your physical body will remain here, okay, but but you, 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 you're gone with the Lord. You're absent from the body. So the whole concept of the, of us being being spirit beings is important that we realize that as we go on to explore and think about what does it mean for, to walk by faith and not by sight, because the. Uh, Walk by faith, not by sight, because there's something about our existence that is more important than the physical nature of our human bodies and when we are on this physical earth, okay? And all of that plays into understanding what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. While we are absent, while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, okay? This is why I, I always say that, you know, when you're having home goings for people or, or, or funeral, as some people call them, okay? But I say a home going because the Christian, the person is going home to be with the Lord. I said the person that you're looking at there is not there, okay? The person that you're looking at in that coffin or wherever it may be is not there, Okay, if that person is a born again believer, then they're home with the Lord, so they're not there. You know, when my mom in law passed away many years back, and uh, um, someone had seen me before the before we had the home going ceremony and so forth, um, they, they said to me, "Gee whiz, you, you know, Mike, we're, we're sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss." Okay, and I told him, I said, "Well, I, I appreciate your sympathy. Thank you for your condolences, but my mother in law is not lost. Okay, I know exactly where she is. <laughs> okay, I know exactly where she is. Okay, she's home with the father. 
Okay. So, so there's an understanding here that there's, there's the physical nature that we live in that we, with which we relate to the physical world. But then the real us, the spiritual essence of us, the real us, okay, is, is a being, the spiritual side of us. We, we don't focus on the things that we see or that we have, we, we, we witness by sight because that's a physical thing. Okay. We walk by faith, which is in the spiritual realm. Okay, so we see there that uh, um, the walk here is a reference to the way a person conducts his or her life. Okay, that's what it's referring to. Okay, how do you walk in your life? Okay, that's how you conduct your life. All right, um, you, you go through life. You've heard the expression "a walk on the wild side." You know, as someone who is conducting their lives or living their lives very wildly. You know, getting into all sorts of devilment. Okay, so so the walk is referring to how you conduct your life. In Hebrews eleven eight. It says that by faith, um, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after uh, receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. OK. And, you know, the scripture there, God called him and said, Abraham, leave your family and, and brethren and I'm going to send you to a place where you, you don't know. OK, but there you're going to prosper. And I'm paraphrasing. But he said, but there you're going to prosper and grow and, and so on. He didn't know where God was sending him, okay, but he went on. So therefore, how he conducted his life was that to have faith in God, okay? So he simply walked by faith. He didn't walk by what was going on around him. What, Lord, leave my family, leave these comfortable surroundings. I mean, Abraham was well-to-do. Leave these comfortable surroundings that I have. Lord, you want me to go off to some place? I don't even know where you're sending me. So he walked by faith, okay? So your walk in your life is how you conduct your, how, how you conduct your life, how you live your life. Abraham went where God was sending him without knowing where he was going. So therefore, he walked by faith and not by sight. So many times in life, we wind up walking by sight rather than by faith. Okay, so many times we can we, we can walk by, by by what we see going on around us. That's what impacts us, especially when you have a negative situation going on in your life. You look at what's going on. You look at just around. You start, uh, you start assessing, well, where I am, you know, in this position right now, or, you know, what's on the table before me? What do I have in my hands? You know, what, what do things around me tell me? You, you, you know, what are people saying about me? You know, so all of that is walking by sight. It's not walking by faith. If God said he's going to bless you, God said he's going to give you a better job. God said he's going to get you out of debt. Then you don't have to know the how and the why's and the when. You simply say that I believe and I have faith. Okay. I'm going to walk by faith and not by what my physical senses around me tell me, but my sight, my seeing, my ears and so on like that. Okay. It's a social walking by, by, by faith is how do we conduct our lives? Do we live a life that is based on faith? So many times in life, we wind up walking by sight, like I said, rather than by faith. And we can see that in, in this well-known scripture. Why don't we go to John 11? We go to John 11, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. John 11, verse number 1. Now, you're very familiar with this scripture. It's about Lazarus. But we're going to unpack it, okay, and see what the Lord is really telling us through this scripture here. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister, Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God and the Son of God might be 
glorified thereby. Okay. So he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode till two days still in the same place where he was. Okay. Now, here's someone that he loved. And they told him that he was sick. He didn't just pick up and dash off to his aid right away. He stayed there for two days. He tarried. Okay. Now, what did he say in the previous scripture there in verse number four? It says, this sickness is not unto his death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. Okay. So there's something going on here. Okay. Jesus obviously just tarried. He knew something needed to be done, but yet still he said, all right, I'm not going yet. Okay. So he stayed. In verse number seven, it says, then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and you goest thou thither again? So he's saying, Jesus, you were there before, gee whiz, and what did they try to do? They, they, tried to, they tried to stone you to death, but you're going back there again? Jesus answered in verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not, because he sees the light of the world of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. So what this is saying is that walking in the day means that following Jesus, okay, and the word of God is is walking in in the day. It's walking in light, lightness. It's walking in light. It's walking in daylight. Walking in the night, on the other hand, it means walking in darkness, which is the world's way of living life. That's how the world lives life, by walking in darkness okay so he's saying there you know you know he he, he that work he that any man walk in the day he stumbles not because he sees the light of this world meaning jesus christ are you walking in the light are you walking in daylight so that you are following jesus and following the word of god because if you're walking in dump in darkness then you're going to stumble you're simply going to stumble it's as simple as that because there's no light in you Okay. Verse 11 says, these things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, they were speculating, thinking that this meant that Lazarus was simply asleep. Well, if he's asleep, it's okay. Then Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. As simple as that. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let let us go unto him. Okay, so Jesus said to them, Lazarus is dead. But for your sake, it's a good thing that I am here with you. Okay, because now you're going to know that Lazarus is indeed dead, dead, and I am here. Okay, to the intent that you may believe. So there's something going on here where Jesus is saying, basically he's saying here, I'm glad that I stayed here. I stayed here because this is for your benefit. And he's not saying to them because of the things that are about to come. If I had indeed been with Lazarus, you would draw some other conclusions. But since I'm here with you, you know, I'm here with you. Lazarus is there is there. And Lazarus has died. Okay. He's then, then it says in verse number 16, then said Thomas, which is called Didymus unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> so right away, they're thinking the worst. Talking about negative Nancy's, they're thinking the worst. Okay. We're going to follow Jesus and we're going to die just like he's going to die. 
Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. All right. By the time he had gotten to him now, Jesus said he was dead. By the time he had gotten there, Lazarus was in this tomb dead for four days. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then Martha said, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been there, my brother had not died. Okay. If thou had been there, my brother had not died. Okay. So Jesus, if you were there, you know, then my, my brother wouldn't have passed on. Okay. Now she was walking by sight. She was walking by the facts of the circumstances. All she knew was that her brother died. Jesus wasn't there. She knew that if Jesus had been there, she's speculating that Jesus would have prayed over him or spoken to him or whatever, and he would not have died. So, so she's walking by sight. What I see around me, it's been four days. You didn't come, Jesus. My brother is now in their dead. She's not walking. She's not walking by any kind of faith. She's walking by sight. But I know that verse number uh, 22, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give thee. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Okay, simple as that. He said, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, oh, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Underline that word believeth. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? In other words, do you believe this? Okay. Whoever believes in me and lives in me shall never die. Do you believe that? Okay. Well, I ask you that right now. Do you believe that? Okay. If you're living in Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you shall never die. Now, obviously, he's Jesus talking about something much deeper than a physical death. Jesus is talking about spiritual death. After we leave this planet Earth, the Lord calls us home. Okay. Death is not the cessation of existence. When our physical bodies die, our spirits continue on. And we all, all people on this planet, all that have ever lived, okay, in the final day shall reside into eternity, into eternity, one of two places, either be in heaven or in hell, according to the Bible, not according to my words, okay? Okay, so, so don't think that, that, that when you pass away, as we call it, that that's the end of your existence, okay? You go on, if you're a child of God, you go on to be with him. Whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die, spiritual death, shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calls for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews, then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth into the grave, unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Again, everyone is saying, if Jesus had been there, the brother would have not died. Lazarus would not have died. Okay, Jesus knew that that was going to be their assumption. 
So that's why he tarried. He stayed. Okay. He wanted to, to make sure, as much as he loved Lazarus, he wanted to make sure that Lazarus was indeed dead. So he tarried all that time. By the time he got there, as the scripture said, four days had already passed by. Okay. Verse 33 says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. He really cared for Lazarus. It said that he loved him. All right. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? See, here they are also, okay, saying, knowing what Jesus had done, they're also saying, Jesus, the blind man, we saw many, many miracles. If Jesus had been here, Lazarus would not have died, okay? They're not understanding where this whole, where, where these events are heading, okay? Jesus said earlier, they said that, that, that this is for the purpose where God will be glorified, Okay, and through this, Jesus will be lifted up, but God will be glorified. Okay, but they're saying the same thing. Jesus, if he had only been here, Jesus, then Lazarus would not have died. 38 goes on to say, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave. And it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Okay, underline that. And a stone lay upon it. Okay, so here the stone was, was, was covering this cave. Lazarus was inside the cave. He was out of the sight of the people. No one could see him. All they knew was that he was inside and that he was dead. Okay. Okay. He was behind the stone. They knew that he was dead. Jesus said, take away the stone, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, Martha, the, 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 uh, I'm sorry, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he has been dead for four days. Lord, by this time he stinks. He's been dead for four days. Okay. Now you see here that she was walking by sight. Okay. Not by faith. She could not see beyond the stone and she couldn't believe what Jesus was about to do. All she knew was that from the circumstances around her, she could not see beyond the stone. The stone was blocking her vision, was that her senses, her five senses told her and her mind told her that Lazarus was behind the stone, that he was dead. She was walking by, by sight. OK, take ye away the stone. Lord, by this time he stinks for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, now listen, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou should see the glory of God. So he's telling her there that can you not walk by faith and not by sight? If you believe, if you believe, if you believe and have faith that you shall see the glory of God. See, that's what we have to do in our lives, too. So many times there's a stone in the way. All we see are the obstacles that are between us and success, us and healing, okay, us and, 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 and victory. There's, there's a stone that's there we can't see. We can't see how we're going to achieve victory over a particular situation, okay? We can't see victory over how we're going to come out of debt, how we're going to get the new house, the new home, how we're going to get the family together. We can't see how that's going to happen. Therefore, we get despondent. We get we get anxious. Anxiety just arises in our lives because we're walking by sight. Right? So we have to remember that. Do you believe 
If you would believe, you should see the glory of God. If you can believe beyond that stone that might be in your life that would be blocking you from experiencing the victory that God has in store. If you can't see beyond that, if you can't believe, okay, then you will not see the victory. All right. You have to have faith and trust in the Lord and not look at the circumstances around you. If you would believe, you should see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. They removed the stone. They moved the stone that was separating them that were on the outside from Lazarus, who was in the inside. They removed that stone. It's time to remove the stone that might be in your life that is blocking you from having faith and believing that God can bring you out of whatever negative situation that you're in. Okay. Remove that stone that would be blocking you, you know, because all you're looking for, you're looking for physical examples. You're looking for visible examples of how you're going to be delivered, of how you're going to get out of that situation because you're walking by sight and not walking by faith. Okay. So he said to remove that stone. Okay. And when they removed the stone, it says, uh, um, uh, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. So he prayed, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. All right. So this is an exercise here where he's proving to them that you have to have faith and have to believe. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. Okay. So when the stone was removed and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he prayed to the father, Lazarus came out. Life was back in him. Up until this time, they were still thinking that even though they were saying, Jesus, if you just, they had faith in the fact that if Jesus had, Jesus had been there, that he would have saved them. But they didn't have faith in the fact that Jesus was saying, continue to believe in spite of what you see with your eyes. Don't go, don't go by. I know that he's in there behind that stone dead. This is walking by faith. That's what Jesus is saying unto them. And because of the fact that it says in 45, then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, then they believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Okay, so right, right away, right away, they ran and started talking about what Jesus was doing. All right? So here you see God's timing triumphed over unbelief even. Because it was proven. Jesus tarried. It was all for a reason. He wanted to make sure that Lazarus indeed was dead. Jesus tarried. And then in front of their very eyes, he called on the father and the man came back to life. And it said that many believed on him. But then the Pharisees, they went their way and started telling what Jesus had done. And then in 47, it says, then gathered the chief priests, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees uh, a council and said, what do we do for this man do many miracles? If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. Here they are again. They're worried about what the authorities are going to say if they learn about what Jesus had done. You see, they valued and really cherished their prominent places as Pharisees. Okay. They had many perks, if you will. 
You know, they walked around, look at me, look at me, you know, I'm a this and I'm a that. But now all of a sudden, Jesus here is like kind of upsetting their apple cart, so to speak, because here he's doing miracles. And now, I mean, he's seen them, you know, he'll you know, give sight to the blind and heal a lame man and so on. But now he's bringing someone back to life that they all knew were dead, was dead because he was in that tomb for four days. So they knew he was dead. So now this is this is a new, powerful miracle. OK, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them all, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nations perish not. And this spoke he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for the nation. OK, OK. And not and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together uh, in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together to put him to death. Okay, all right. So this was the beginning now of this master plan, the scheme. We can't let this Jesus just continue doing all of these things now because people are beginning to follow him. They're not following us. They're not following us. It's going to make us look bad. What will the Romans think now? Okay. So here through this exercise where Jesus is basically saying, you've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Don't be going by what you see. Don't be going by what your five senses are telling you. You have to go beyond that. You have to really believe that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. Okay. He that believes in me, you know, shall never die. We have to do that in this life also. We have to walk by faith. Okay. The word of God is filled with so many things, so many promises, you know, to, to let us understand and to, 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 to strengthen us when we are in time of need and in time of trouble. But the thing is that many times we can't see beyond the stone. So therefore we get burdened. We get worried. We get anxious. Anxiety builds up in our lives and we simply can't function because we're not walking by faith. Okay? Do not walk by faith. I mean, do not walk by sight. You have to walk by faith. Amen. Amen. So we see that to walk by faith requires that we tune our hearts to the voice of the Holy Spirit and the truth of his word. That's what we, that's what we have to rely on. We go to John 10, 22. John 10, 22. Okay. We have to go by Jesus' word and, and, and the voice of God, the Holy Spirit that's in our lives. We see that in, in uh, John 10, 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, how long dost thou make us to doubt? If you be the Christ, tell us plainly. If you're the Christ, then let's let us know openly and plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe me not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I told you. Okay. So they saw him doing things. They saw the works that he did in the Father's name, but they still didn't believe. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
Okay. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you're one of his sheep, you are his followers. That means you should recognize his voice. And recognizing Jesus' voice when Holy Spirit is talking to him, Jesus is talking to you, God the Father is talking to you, then this should help you to walk by faith and not by sight. Believe what his words are saying. Okay. He goes on to say, and I gave unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. That's the thing I was telling you about. Okay. Your spirit goes on into eternity. Okay. They shall have, um, uh, I have given to them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. I and my father are one. Okay, so he's saying in 29, verse 29, my father, which gave them to me, he's talking about you, is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands. No one can remove you from the hand of God, the father. No man can take you away from the many blessings that God has in store for you. Okay, only you can do that. But no other being has the ability to do it. Someone else in your life may try. To have you unbelieve, to have you disbelieve, to plant doubt in your hand, but ultimately in your mind, but ultimately it's you that makes that decision. Okay. So you have to decide, am I going to keep the faith or am I going to walk by what someone else is telling me? Am I going to go by what is happening around me, what I overheard someone else say, I'll say, or what I read in the paper, what I heard on the news? Or am I going to indeed walk by faith? If we go to John 16, John 16, and start with verse number 7. Okay. He's giving us so many tools to help us to walk by faith. Verse number 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Okay, so Jesus had to go. Holy Spirit cannot be released upon this earth until Jesus returned to the Father. Okay, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you. It's beneficial for you uh, if I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. They believe not on me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them right now. Okay. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. How be it? However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. This is what you have, the Holy Spirit. Okay. The Holy Spirit can guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit can guide you into truth when that stone is before you, that is, that is, is preventing you, you know, from, from, uh, from, from understanding and having faith. The Holy Spirit can give you that, that truth and understanding that what you're seeing with your eyes is not what God has in mind for you in the spirit realm. In the supernatural, supernatural simply means supernatural, super means outside of the natural, greater than the natural. All right. Okay. Okay. So, so, so the Holy Spirit says that he will guide you into all truth. The truth of the matter is that whatever is going on in your life, God is greater. 
The truth of the matter is that whatever's going on in your life, Holy Spirit can give you the thoughts and the actions and the words to say. If it involves you speaking something to someone or saying something to someone or, or making a decision. Holy Spirit can guide you into, into making the right decision where you will benefit from that decision and God will be glorified in your life as a result. Okay. Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. Okay. So here again, now it's saying here that you have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that can guide you in the whole thing, all things. So why do we walk by sight? Why do we conduct our lives based on what we can see, hear, touch, smell, and so on? Okay. The things that God has in mind for you are greater than anything that you can imagine. Just have faith in the fact that he is exactly who he says he is. And have faith in the fact that when the word of God says that you have the Holy Spirit, if you're a born again believer, you have the Holy Spirit within you. Okay. Walk by faith knowing that God the Father wants you to succeed. And if you listen to his voice, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you where he wants you to be. We have to make sure that we are choosing to live according to what God reveals to us rather than simply trust our own understanding. Okay. The last scripture here is Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5. And I'm sure you're familiar with this scripture. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In other words, walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is based on your own understanding. Okay. This is where we go by what I understand, um, quote unquote, the reality, the physical reality around me. I make my decisions and I follow and I believe in what I see that's around me, what's happening. Okay. I look at my bank account and I say, gee whiz, I've got X number of dollars. Boy, no way am I going to be able to pay my mortgage next next um, uh, month, uh, rent next month, food on the table. The economy is is so uh, out of sight here and everything. Food prices are going up. Oh, boy, based on my paycheck, I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to. See, that's walking by sight. Walking by faith is saying, God, I know that you know my needs. I know that you know that I need food on the table to feed my children. I need a roof over my head, oh, Lord God. I need a vehicle to get to and from work so that I can earn money. I need, I need. God knows. And then once you've said that prayer, having faith, not looking at the bank account, but having faith that God will supply all of your needs. Okay. That's the difference of walking by faith and, and not by sight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. In other words, oh, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. He that um, it shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Okay. So again, all of this is saying, how do I walk by faith and not by sight? Okay. So when that brother said to me when I was in difficulty there, hey, brother, you know, you got to remember, you got to walk by faith and not by sight. That's what he was saying unto me. 
I have to remember who Jesus is. I have to remember who I am in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God is in me. God the Father has such wonderful plans for me. That's the faith that I need to walk by. Okay. That's how I need to conduct my life. Because that is your walk. How you conduct your life is your walk. Okay. To walk by faith and not by sight. I praise the most high, the most high living God. Oh boy, he's, he's a wonderful and a loving God that loves us so much that he gave us all of these words. And he repeated these words at the right time and showed us, you know, through real life examples on how following his word, listening to Holy Spirit, believing in Jesus Christ will, will all bring you to victory. Okay. So walk by faith, my brother. Walk by faith, my sister. Go forth and conquer. Praise the living God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, why don't you pray about sharing this with someone else, someone that you love, care for, maybe even someone that's giving you a hard time. God doesn't want that person to perish either. Amen. We can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net, www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page and you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these messages are available. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we also have our free apps, okay, on the Android and on the Apple uh, stores. Simply go to those respective stores and the apps are free to download, okay? Um, you can also download these messages, by the way, too. You can download the audio only portion or, of course, the video portion and it's all free of charge um, download them pass them around listen to them in the car and so forth the whole thing is that we just want the word of god to just go out and cover this entire entire world okay and and god is in charge regardless of what may be happening in your local and uh, your, your your locale god god is in charge um, he's in charge over this planet this planet is not going anywhere unless and if and when god wants it to when he wants it to it's not going any place so don't don't get caught up in in fearing Okay, being so fearful. The devil is out there trying to sow so much fear into the lives, especially into the lives of Christians, because he wants us to, to, to form a spirit of unbelief, you know, to, to foster doubt in our lives. So we doubt the one and the true and the only living God. Amen. But God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've just had with you, Lord God. And now as we go into the balance of the week, oh Lord, I pray that every single listener out there today will keep these words deeply rooted in their spirits as things come up in their lives, O oh Lord God, remember that they shall walk by faith and not by sight. I pray that everyone that heard this message will remember that, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, you're an awesome God and a wonderful God, and just praise you. Bless every single listener that was here today with us, O oh Lord God, and, and I pray that they shall be touched, touched and come to know you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you again, Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go forth now and be blessed. And remember that Jesus is Lord.